What is up, everybody? Uh, my name is Nate. I'm with Structurally. Uh, we have an exciting webinar today that we're getting started finally on this beautiful spring day out of Iowa. Um, oh, yeah. We are joined by Robbie T and Leanne today. Um, Robbie, would you like to kind of kick us off? Hey, first off, we got to celebrate the fact that we have no tech issues today. <laughs> Sometimes tech is a pain. Funny part is, as well, I was just on another webinar right before this about uh, snap offers, um, and we had some little tech issues. So, major celebration. Other thing is, we have no snow in Fargo, so life is fantastic. <laughs> um, hey, uh, excited as heck to have, have a bunch of you join us today. Um, we have one of the supreme um, ISAs, not just in real estate. Um, Leanne uh, also served as an ISA. Um, and tell me if I'm wrong, Leanne, but in the car industry. So I got to hear about that. Um, and, and now you've transitioned into um, basically being the lead ISA and overseeing uh, your department. So love to, to hear about that. But Leanne, introduce yourself and, and tell us a bit uh, about you. Hey, so I'm uh, Leanne from Johnson City, Tennessee. Um, I have been collectively from the car dealership to real estate uh, in this whole, you know, phone conversion thing for seven years now. Um, started out, uh, yeah, business development. When you say seven years, it's a, it's a long time. I mean, that's older than my kid. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously I like it. So, um, started out business development, internet sales in a car dealership. Um, very high volume car sales. I'm talking, you know, 30, 40 cars sold a week, um, sometimes 300 a month. So um, it's uh, one of two. And then um, our department, with the help of the two that were there, slowly grew to about six to eight um, at all times back there. Mm -hmm. um, I came into real estate in uh, 2016. Uh, August 2016 was my first month. And um, I'll be honest with you, I started out um, with these high hopes thinking, hey, I'm going to go there and I'm going to crush it. Um, not only my team's uh, only ISA, I was the only ISA in our entire market. Mm. So I had no one around me. No one in our whole area knew what an ISA was supposed to do. Sure. Um, these big dreams and I sucked. <laughs> I sucked. Um, I almost uh, left the industry altogether. And the only thing that saved me was going to family reunion in Vegas uh, oh, in 2017. Sure. I love it. So, um, since then, I've been in it. Uh, I did my first full year um, and went from having three closes from August to December in 2016 to having 74 the next following year mm. um, on my own and kind of self-trained, um, built all of our systems. And mm. uh, then the next following year, worked part-time. So half the hours, half the dials and got 101 closings. Mm. Um, so... I love it. Well, Leanne, that's a, a good introduction. Uh, lots of lots to hit on there. <laughs> uh, you, got, you got a fascinating story. Um, uh, if you don't mind, I'd love to go back to the the car dealership um, ISA stuff because I don't want to go back there. But yeah, we can, we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna go back for a minute. Look, what's funny is yeah. we we started this um, ISA stuff all about being an ISA in the real estate ball game, and, and I think you probably agree that the skills that we talk about and, and the skills that you're going to talk about, it, it's not just to one industry, if I had to guess. So give us some insight. You said you were doing 300 car sales uh, in a month. And, yeah. 
as a, what does that mean? Like, I, I don't understand that. Give me some insight there. So our dealership um, was the number one volume Toyota dealership uh, in all of the East, um, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And we were doing 300 sales a month. Sure. Um, roughly 65 to 70% of those sales at all times were coming out of our internet sales department. Wow. Um, so we, much like an ISA in real estate, we got the leads. Um, sure. We you know, first person speed to lead on that in a matter of seconds, and then we would nurture them. Sure. Uh, not quite as long as you nurture in real estate. You know, I yeah. was used to instant gratification of setting an appointment today. And it goes under contract, you know, they drive away today. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was the different, that was the game changer, was coming in here and saying, I'm going to have to talk to these people for two years. <laughs> two years? You know, <laughs> back there it was two weeks. Um, or they, mm-hmm. they've made a decision to move on. But um, when you put it together and you look at, you look at the role and you look at what's important and you look at what it takes to actually help people to their goals that they reached out to you to get help for, it's the same and you can equate it to, you know, restaurant industry, car sales, anywhere. It's the same concept of listening to people, coming up with a solution and making a pathway to get them there. Gosh, listen, create solution, create a, a, a game plan or a pathway. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So um, you did that for how long, Leanne? How long were you in the car sales? Four years. Four years. Okay. I understand why you don't want to go back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried for quite a while to get out of there, if Jim's <laughs> listening. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us about that. We, we have a little backstory, and it's really cool to hear that a lot of this stuff translates, albeit different um, timeframes. And I, I think the funny thing is that most people calling internet leads have the, if it ain't going to close in two weeks, I'm not going to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that's why most people convert a pay-per-click lead at, you know, sub 1%, if that. Yeah. And it's because most internet leads, especially forced registration pay-per-click, is so long-term. Um, when we've measured it, it's been, um, the conversion cycle is 18 to 24 months. And they're long-term, just like you said, uh, up to two years. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool to get your perspective on that. But tell us in the end, how the heck um, do you get out of car sales? Um, and and how did you get into being a, an, an ISA in real estate? Give us that background. Yeah. So uh, it's much easier to fall in than it is to fall out. <laughs> um, so I, I took the car sale job um, expecting fully for it to be temporary. Um, mm-hmm. Went to school for public health. Could not find a job. And I was like, I got to make some money. So um, I sold my soul to the devil, as they say, and I went to, to the wonderful world of car sales. Now, when I started, I was an extreme introvert, mm. and I had my previous job I had actually gotten fired from for not being able to say hello to people when they walked through the door. Wow. I yeah. would not have guessed it at all. Yeah. Extreme introvert, um, awkward, super awkward. Sure. So um, over the course of the four years in the car industry and, mm-hmm. you know, just getting beaten down every day, um, developed a love for talking to people, developed a love for, you know, just human interaction and for problem solving. Mm-hmm. And about two years into that, a year and a half, two years into it, I had seen an ad for pretty much the same job, mm-hmm. um, but just in real estate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that, you know, that sounds more long term. That sounds like a good plan. So. Um, I actually applied to work for Jim uh, three times over the course of almost three years. 
And uh, the first time I wasn't even considered. The mm-hmm. second time they told me uh, that I'm not an ISA, that I'm actually an agent profile. Sure. Um, and they offered me a job being an agent. Um, so I uh, gracefully declined and uh, went back to my cubicle, the car dealership. Oh. And the third time, I like to say that he hired me out of complete desperation um, <laughs> because he just really needed somebody. <laughs> so, never give up. Uh-huh. If you're out there, don't give up. Never give up. Well, it, it's funny because a lot of people have heard us say, um, uh, I, even on this on this show, that we usually say you want somebody that's very balanced um, mm-hmm. or um, a higher DC on the disc. And the, it, yeah. We always, I, I make sure to emphasize, it's not a strict, um, you got to be this. So I can't help but think that Jim maybe heard us say that and said, I can't hire this lady. But what... It was your fault. <laughs> you can blame me. Um, but give me some, um, some insight because I'm assuming if you're, you're built like an agent, you're a higher eye, right? Uh, which means you love, you went from being an introvert over here to now being extremely extroverted, it sounds like. Um, okay. Give me some insight into how you were successful in the ISA role. If it's not a supernatural fit for you, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. So um, when push came to shove, I had a reason. So I had my one thing of why Mm. I took the job in the car dealership. And that was because I found myself being a young expectant mother Mm. and I had no health insurance uh, and no job. So, you know, had had to do something. And so I walked into this uh, industry and um, almost gave up multiple times. But luckily, I had like a mentor, somebody that was helping me that pretty much one day grabbed the phone from me and like stuck it to my face. He was like, hey, they can't bite you on the other side of this phone. Truth. Well, you're going to forget the conversation, the next conversation you have of, of what they just said to you. So um, it was just a lot of people that like knew my one thing and it was me sharing my one thing with people for them to hold me accountable to that. Mm-hmm. And so now on our team, that's one thing that we do often um, when we have new members come on, when we hire, everyone knows everyone's one thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we make people tell us the excuses that they will hide behind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my excuse was just that I was scared, but it wasn't really that I was scared because I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that I was uncomfortable. Mm. And I don't feel comfortable. Um, and she knew that was my excuse that I would hide behind. And so when she saw me gearing towards that excuse, she'd push me out of it. So now mm. when I'm around others, that's one thing I try and do for them. Um, at the end of the day, you have to know why you're there. You mm. have to know what you make you show up that morning. And you have to keep it in front of you at all times. Um, mm. And when it gets hard, you have to think, you know, if I stop this right now, mm-hmm. who am I expecting? Whose family am I affecting? Whose goals? So it's not just about you. Leanne, I, I was telling people before this that you were going to bring some fire, and uh, mm-hmm. you, you just became a dragon. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, My screen started flashing red a little bit, too. I love it. I love that. Um, was that a Game of Thrones reference, Robbie? <laughs> yes, it was. We'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Leanne, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Let's not ruin the surprise. Um, but um, I, I love, first off, I got to say, um, huge kudos to you um, because a lot of people are in those types of situations where they feel um, like there's a lot of resistance or there's a challenge in front of them. And, and my biggest fear in this world is many people shy away from it. Because um, if I had to guess, um, 
you went through a hell of a lot of discomfort, a lot of pain, a lot of frustration. You probably don't like rejection, yet you literally signed up for two jobs where when you're succeeding 2% of the time and losing 98% of the time, you're actually killing it. So major kudos to you uh, for, for stepping up. Yeah. And more, I, really like, I really like the the one thing that you have. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember. I've been trying to think of this. Was it you guys at – oh, I'm sorry. I got a train. <laughs> yeah. um, was it you guys at Hatch, Robbie, that, uh, that did the, the trading cards of everyone on your team? Yeah, so we – An awesome opportunity to write, like, your one thing on the trading cards amongst your team. I think that would be a really cool idea. Yeah, it, I, I love it. I, I couldn't agree with, with both you, Nate, and, and Leanne, you more that you got to know your why. You're calling it one thing. We refer to it as your why. Uh, Simon Sinek implanted that in my brain. We're saying the same thing. Because if I had to guess, Leanne, um, mm-hmm. it's probably fair to say making the phone calls isn't what lit you on fire every single day. And you, prob- you probably tolerated it. Um, mm-hmm. but what pushed you to pick up that phone was knowing you got bills to pay and you want to, you know, be a great role model, a great parent. And, uh, you probably had, you probably want to enjoy, uh, some, you know, stuff in life as well. So huge kudos to you. I love it. Could you tell us a little bit about the team that you manage now? I, I'm really curious to learn about how, how you, uh, how you're dealing with those ISAs, you know, really how you're mentoring them too. Yeah. So, um, I moved into being our team's director of lead gen. Mm. So with director of lead gen, um, I'm not only helping out ISAs, but I'm also helping out all of our sales team members. Mm. Um, So I help in recruiting new agents. Um, You know, we do hybrid models. So new agents, I help in bringing them on board, training them in the scripts, the dialogues, the processes, the systems, everything like that. Um, My ISA right now, I have two um, full-time ISAs. Um, who are back there right now, um, you know, grinding it out. Um, and they, uh, I started um, last year and I made one really bad hire. It was completely my fault that this person did not succeed. And, you know, I carry that on my back, but mm-hmm. I learned from it and um, hired more carefully the next time. And the two guys that I have right now, their first month with zero experience ever, mm-hmm. um, between the two of them, they set 55 appointments. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we're just, we're very transparent. Um, mm-hmm. all, everything that they do is shared with the other ISA and with myself. So if one ISA sets, you know, five appointments today, the other ISA is seeing that. Sure. Um, it's that little push, you know, so we're all about transparency. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of how we run things. Uh, very system, very process and very transparent. I, I, if you wouldn't mind, I, I'd love to hear more, um, about how you guys are making that a reality land. How, how are people seeing I've been crushing it? How have you created these systems and this transparency? Are there tools you're using or give us some insight there? How are you doing it? Yeah, so I'm um, not a tech-friendly person. I actually don't even use apps on my smartphone. Um, I use browser for everything, or not browser, Safari, Um, but (laughs) not tech-friendly. So I use a Google Sheet, and the Google Sheet is shared amongst my ISAs, myself, and our Rainmaker. Um, It's also shared with our Director of Operations. Um, We 
mark. So when they set an appointment, we have a column on there of which agent it went to. We have a column of whether it was buyer or seller, um, what lender it went to. And then each one of those, was it converted to a met? Was it converted to a, you know, a signed? And was it converted to a close? Mm. Um, that way at a glance, the ISAs don't need me to help them with lead rotation. Um, we don't do round robin. It's based on, you know, you earn it, you get it. And so they at a glance can know at all times where every agent is standing. Mm. They can know where every lender is standing. Um, the agents were transparent with them as well. You know, if uh, they know if one of the other agents you know, took seven listings this month off of appointments that we gave them and they didn't get any, it's because that other agent was crushing it. Mm. Um, Old school Google, Google sheet um, updated every time they set something and uh, we're viewing it at all times uh, Mm. to see the breakdown of how many appointments were set this week by each ISA, um, what the conversion was. I love it. Could, could you give a little more depth on, you said you don't do a lead rotation and you give it to the agents that are performing. Um, how would I, as one of your ISAs, know um, which ISA is performing and crushing it? Give me some insight there. Um, so as far as, are you asking which agents, how their ISAs know which agents? Yeah, yeah. So you had kind of said that those that are crushing it probably get more appointments than those that aren't crushing it. What does crushing it mean? Like, are you saying it's the uh, sign ratios higher or give me some insight there? So for me, it's uh, crushing it is more than conversion. Um, You know, it means more than just converting it. It means that they're compliant with the things we're asking of them. Mm. So if you have a team member who is skipping team training and they're skipping that opportunity to better themselves, if they're skipping our team outings, um, you know, if they're running in late to team meeting, if they're not on our morning role play call, Mm. uh, which by the way, we use Hatch's lead generation. uh, The role play game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Those are incredible. Those have made our team love, love, love prospecting. But we use those every morning. And if they are not, you know, at role play practice, Mm -hmm. um, then that's a that's a notch against them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when it comes to, you know, when we're teeing off a lead from an ISA to an agent, Mm -hmm. we're going to base it on who's compliant, who's trying to better themselves. You know, Mm -hmm. you didn't get an appointment last week. You lost it. That's great. Do you know why you lost it? Did you come back and tell us why you didn't get that appointment? Are you working on that? You know, are you working on that objection handler? Are you looking for ways to add value so that next time you won't be caught in that? Mm -hmm. Um, If you're not doing that, then you're going to have to go find your own next opportunity to practice on. You're not going to do it on web bars. Um, And then it comes down to personality. So we match people up a lot personality wise. Um, You give me the best uh, realtor in the world. And if my personality is not going to match theirs, I'm not going to work with them. So that's how our ISAs are kind of um, trained to to give the appointment. Um, And we tell our agents up front, you know, life isn't fair and neither are we. So, (laughs) you know, no problem here. So so the ISA appointments are, are not something that someone is entitled to. Um, those opportunities no, that you're, you're seeing right. now. Yeah, go ahead. Go, sorry. Team leads are not a right. Mm. Anybody joining a team, mm. nobody owes you leads. You know, that. it's a right. And um, I went to a class that Seth Campbell was teaching, and he made a very profound statement. Um, you know, he says, what they join you for, they'll leave you for. Mm. And that's true for ISAs. That's true for agents. That's true for anybody. I mean, anybody you're entering a relationship with, whether it's a friendship, you know, 
any sort of relationship. What they join you for, they will leave you for. So make sure they're joining you for the right reasons. Because if it's leads, they're going to leave you for more leads. Mm -hmm. So we want something more. But um, yeah, you have to earn. You have to earn team leads. I love it. Nate, go ahead. I'm I'm ready to help. So um, (laughs) could you kind of tell us a little bit? I'm switching gears a little bit. But along the same vein, could you kind of tell us a little bit about that that first hire you made that you said was was more or less a failure? could you tell us a little bit about yeah. how it was a failure? What did you learn from that process and how would you do it differently? Yeah. So um, when I kind of, you know, with my Rainmaker made the decision that we were going to expand and bring more people, you know, into this ISL realm, realm um, I immediately jumped to familiarity. I didn't want to be uncomfortable you know, again. So, um, in my mind, I was like, Oh, Oh, wait, wait. I have a guy I worked with at the car dealership who I know knew how to do this type of work because I knew how to do this type of work. And, uh, he actually just lost his job. So perfect timing, perfect tire. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did not take him through the full process because I was basing off the emotion, not the logic. You know, I'm, I'm going off emotion, which is the worst thing to do. And I'm like, I know this guy can do it. Because he's coming from the same place I did. Um, And so I made the mistake of bringing him on based on my emotion, setting expectations that he was never going to hit. And worst of all, I did not have the systems and the processes ready to go to bring someone in. So I was setting him up for failure and he just didn't know it. And so I brought this guy in and my biggest thing was every time that he would do something, I would revert back to this thought of, well, I came in with no training, you know, nobody to lead me and I figured it out. Why can't you figure it out? Um, Because I didn't have the systems and the processes there. Mm. And so it just ended up, I mean, he, he lasted two months and um, he just, he ended up, he wasn't a team fit. First of all, he was not a fit for our culture. Um, You know, I didn't know anything about bringing people on at that time. And, um, he wasn't a culture fit. He was actually not a fit for the role at all. And uh, I, I completely set him up for failure because I did not plan to succeed. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, I got a question on that. You said you kind of, um, you didn't push him through the full process. Um, mm-hmm. Would you mind tell? because then after that you hired two people and I'm assuming with those two, uh, you went through the full process. Uh, so I'd love to kind of have you share what that full process looks like and maybe what you skipped uh, with the the other guy. Yeah, so um, I am on a team that's within Keller Williams. So mm-hmm. um, we career vision everyone now. Sure. And um, we actually, I went to a career vision class uh, to learn, you know, how, how to take somebody through this process. Mm-hmm. And... Um, So before we hire anybody, we have sets of things that they have to go through. So we have different assessments that they have to complete. And then we bring them in and we go over the assessments. Um, We dig into their motivation, you know, what pushes them, their life story. We basically try and come up with any red flags and we try and discuss those red flags before we bring them on. And it is a it is a process. Um, I mean, you don't find amazing talent most of the time. That's just ready to, you know, burn it up and start tomorrow. Most people that are amazing talent are already talented in a role somewhere else. And so, um, you know, it's a, like a month long process. 
And I took a lot of shortcuts with this guy and I wanted him to like start in the next couple of days. Um, and I didn't set him up for that, but mm-hmm. I did get two guys after that. Um, one was actually my waiter one night at Outback Steakhouse. Sure. Um, brought him, brought him into the whole process and another guy, um, came to one of our client events. And so I hired, um, did post any ads, um, did it completely for people that were like within the sphere and within past clients. So you're saying the like best that. source for new ISAs funny- is Outback? <laughs> <laughs> Waiters and bartenders are made for this type of work. Yeah. They are made for it. Yeah. If I had to hire another person tomorrow, well, okay. So I'm not gonna hire another person tomorrow. Cause that's the same thing. But if I had to start recruiting for another person tomorrow, um, I would definitely be looking for, you know, bartender service industry people. They are conditioned for this. Yeah. Why do you think those people are, are a good fit? Like if, if I were to ask you, just give me some insight into your two, the two guys, why are they crushing it? And why did they, obviously um, they came in and, and you've trained those next two really well. And it's funny how, um, and I posted it today in Lee's Geeks that, um, you know, everybody, failure is kind of looked down upon by many people. And if anything, failures are the best things that I think can happen, um, as long as you, you use them as motivation to learn from. So what, what, um, what do these guys look like? Why are they crushing it? And, and how are they setting 55 appointments in their first month in the role? Give me some insight there. Yeah, so um, they both came from completely different backgrounds. Uh, neither one of those backgrounds ever included real estate, calling, uh, being on the phone, anything. Um, and so they came in when we took them through the process. I spent a lot of time getting to know them personally. Mm. And, um, you know, I needed to know them. I needed to, to know what made them tick, what pushed them, mm. you know, what they would hide behind. I needed to know all that before I brought them on. And I brought them on and they didn't know much about each other. So we never acclimated them before for them to get comfortable with each other. Um, And we honestly, I brought them in telling them pretty much there was only one position. Um, So so, um, uh, they've always seen each other as competition. Uh, But at the end of the day, they see each other as a team. And if they need to push each other, so one will call the other out. They sit back to back in in a room together. mm -hmm. And... uh, you know, they'll call each other out. And um, I think that's a great culture to have. But they both had something they were fighting for. And it's two completely different things. One's fighting for advancement and one's fighting for a family. Mm. Um, but they both have something that they're whole- fighting for. And, you know, I set the expectation up front that I'm not going to drag them to their goals. Mm. Not going to happen. You, you know, I'm not going to drag you there. Um Otherwise, I'll, I'll cut the chains and, you know, I'll go and then you stay back here. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. a dragger. I'm not the person that, you know, micromanages and every day. Is like, hey, let's let's do this. Let's do this. <sighs> um, so they're just they want it. It mm-hmm. comes down to the same thing that, that ha- helped me to succeed. They want it mm-hmm. and they want it for themselves more than they want someone else to want it for them. Mm-hmm. When I, I, I talk to people that I always talk about how you have to be hungry and humble. Um, and what it sounds like, and I love that you bring it up that you had your own thing. And then these two other guys each have their own independent own thing, but they, they clearly know, um, what they're pushing toward and why they're willing to make sacrifices to actually get there. Um, and I think you're, you're hitting on something that you can hire the most talented people in the world. 
Um, you could technically, you could train really great people, but the reality is if they don't have the hunger to pick up the phone and, and mm-hmm. do the work and self-start, I don't think it'd ever work. So yeah. if you ever want it more for somebody than they want it for themselves, you're, you're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. Um, something's going to give and it's probably going to be you. Yeah, yeah. true. You're going to get exhausted trying, trying to push this person that's just not... It's just not going there. Mm. Um, you know, true talent, we call it bottom-up talent. True talent pushes you. Mm. So they're the ones that are constantly challenging you. You know, they're calling out your systems. They're calling out your processes. And they're saying, you know, I, I get why you said this, but this is this is a quicker way. This is a better way. This is more efficient. You know, they're challenging you to be a better person every day. Mm. Um, if you're having to do the opposite, then it's the wrong fit. Love that. And, and kudos to you, Leanne. Um, I read, I think it was something this morning that had said that ego is all about who is right. Um, Mm -hmm. And truth is all about what is right. And I've seen far too many people get in the trap of, hey, we've already done, we've done it this way. And because I created it that way. And if I had to guess, your two ISAs have started to do things differently than what you train them. And frankly, better because they have different perspectives. But kudos to you um, for being willing to not at all have any ego or skin in the game and say, no, we do it this way because I said so. That's the kiss of death in, in innovation. So Yeah, and we give them the freedom to do that, you know, to make those choices and to make those improvements. And, mm. you know, it's not success isn't a one type, like a one size fits all. Mm. You know, everyone has a different picture of what success is. And for me, you know, I may say that success for them is to have, you know, X amount of closings a year, Mm. but it means something completely different for them. And I feel like if I give them the opportunity every day to own the role that they're in, they're going to appreciate it so much more. They're going to see the longevity in that role and they're going to make me better as they get better. Mm. But the fail safe is, you know, we'll give you the freedom if you try it, the system and the process way first, because you've got to start out learning the basics. You've got to learn the systems and the processes. Once you learn those, you have that flexibility and that freedom mm. to, you know, to do things that are more your style and more, you know, geared towards you. Mm. But if they don't work, guess where we're going? We're going back to the basics. Truth. I, I love it. I really like Kyle's question here. I think it's a good, uh, good uh, segue kind of. Uh, Leanne, tell us what your why is, and when you lose, what keeps you put? What keeps pushing you forward? Yeah, so my why is a little complex. Um, I try and keep it simple. So um, I was uh, raised by a mom who spent all of her time working, and you know, every every time, every memory that I can recollect, she was working, 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 trying to to better us. Mm-hmm. Um, from her working, we never got to spend quality time with her. We never got to, you know, go on vacations. We never got to do anything. And unfortunately, I lost my mom three years ago. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I learned from that, you you can't get memories once the opportunity to make those are gone. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my why is I'm here so that I can be more present with my child mm-hmm. when I'm not. And so I know that when I'm here, I'm present so that when I'm not here, I can be present with her mm-hmm. and I can make memories with her and I can change, you know, the way that I leave her behind, I can change that completely. Um, So for me, that's kind of a short condensed version of, you know, what keeps me going is knowing that I don't have to make the same, you know, mistakes and have the same regrets that somebody else did. That's an awesome why. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. 
Um, go ahead. I, I, oh, go yeah, ahead. I mean, I was just going to kind of say, like, um, that's probably one of the most I, – I can see why Robbie was saying, you know, although you didn't exactly, you know, match the, the, the standard disc that mm-hmm. your why is kind of just like it's really, really present. Uh, and, uh, is that something, you know, I know Robbie continues to coach on hiring this type of disc. How can you ask those probing questions in an interview or through a recruiting process to really get at that? Why? And how do you kind of know? Yeah. So so my, uh, my viewpoint is if they are an amazing ISA fit, Mm -hmm. I don't have to probe them. They probe me. Mm. Because what's the number one thing you're hiring an ISA for? Yeah. To dig why. deeper, to mm. ask the right questions, to mm. guide the conversation. Mm. So when I'm interviewing somebody, when I'm considering somebody, if I'm having to do more of the guiding, mm. um, then I know that they're probably not going to be the best fit. I want somebody that asks me, you know, ask me that question first. Before I even ask them, I want somebody to ask me. Mm. Um, you know, and when I say something about my daughter uh, to somebody that I'm interviewing, I want them to stop, acknowledge the fact that I said I had a child, ask me a little bit more, and you know, keep going. Um, because if I say something instrumental like that, which is a way that so many people lose the ability to connect with a client with, and they just keep going, oh. I know they're going to do it on the phone too. Yeah. And I want them to stop me, and I want them to ask. And I, I set them up into traps like that too when I'm, when I'm interviewing. But you know, you don't have to probe a good ISA fit. Sure. You can never have to probe. Um, but what we do is we just, uh, just like when we're on the phone and just, you know, when we're doing our dialogues and everything like that, we um, just go deeper, you know, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. What does that look like to you? What would that mean to you? You know, just keep going deeper. I love that. I, I know for us, one of the things that we've learned to ask is we always just start, give us, give us your life story. And it's crazy how just asking that one can lead to finding out. It, it always leads to the why if you do it right. <laughs> and yeah, if yeah. you're digging deeper. And I'm assuming you all do something similar where you know someone's why, at least on some level before you hire them. Yeah, and there's always there's always the real why behind the smokescreen why. Yeah. So my smokescreen why is my daughter. I can keep it really quick and simple and just say my daughter. Yep. No, and that's the smokescreen. That's like, you know, the surface level. But you have to dig and you have to get below that surface level because it's so much more than my daughter. Yep. You'll never push me to my goals thinking that's just my daughter. You have to get behind the emotion where my mother's tied into that to really push me. Mm. And so it's just like when you're on the phone, you have to get past surface level. I love that. I love it. So kind of switching gears um, on that though. Um, when you're like coaching your ISAs, obviously I, it's kind of a recurring theme that, you know, asking why is, is definitely what, you know, we kind of believe is, is makes a successful ISA. Um, you know, I think you mentioned, you know, you train these people up on scripts. Robbie says there's no such thing as scripts. What are you, what are you doing to train those people? up to make sure that they're asking, you know, the right amount of questions to move it forward, but also digging deeper. Uh, how are you kind of coaching them up on that as well as what is, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a brand new ISA? 
Yeah. So kind of along what Robbie says, um, when my ISAs start, they get one piece of paper and that one piece of paper um, is everything script wise that we have. And it's literally a page of questions to dig deeper on things that matter, like motivation, location, price. It's it's not a script. It's um, I call it a blueprint mm-hmm. for a conversation. Um, so we will coach them on finding every single person's different. And so when I sit down to coach, every last person's opener and closer is going to be a little bit different because it's going to be geared towards you know their personal style. Uh, the worst thing to do is to give someone a script that's going to make them sound uncomfortable. And so we gear it towards, you know, somebody's personal style. Um, so they're mm. opener and they just have to know the, the inside of the sandwich, you know, where to ask those questions and then where to take it. Mm. Um, so that's kind of when they start, that's what we do. We work a lot on their opener. We find what's comfortable for them. Um, we go back and forth, me and the, uh, you know, the trainee a lot. Um, sure. They have play partners outside of this, uh, outside of the market. And then we just, we work on it every single day until it is natural and they will learn the objections as they are given the objections. You can't completely train an ISA on everything they're ever going to. I've been in this seven years and I still have not heard it all. So it's ongoing and ever, ever changing. So I love that. Um, One of the things that people oftentimes say to me is when they hear the approach we're talking about where, I mean, I, I even say just the best group in the book is tell me more. And I think it's just, you're saying the same thing. And there's a lot of different ways to, to ask that. Um, people always say, well, doesn't, don't people feel like you're invading in their life? They, aren't people upset about that? Don't they get frustrated? Don't they hang up? Don't they want to hang up on you? Don't you feel intrusive doing it? So I, I have my perspective and my idea, but I'd love to hear if someone were to say that to you, Leanne, your, your approach sounds like you're probing and you're putting your, your nose where it shouldn't be. I'd love to hear your rebuttal. Yeah, so you just gave me your opinion. And what does everybody like to do? They like to share their opinions and their thoughts. <laughs> so thank you for sharing yours. Um, you know, that's, uh, but if you make them feel comfortable, you know, if you're building rapport, if you, mm-hmm. like I said, if somebody mentions their child or I want to be close to work, you stop and you slow down. Mm-hmm. And you're worrying about going for the clothes. You know, it's so overrated. Don't worry about going for the clothes. Worry about contributing. So, mm-hmm. hey, hey, Robbie, I know you said you wanted to be, you know, closer to work. Where do you work? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. How long have you been there? What do you do? People love talking about themselves. It's a natural human, you know, people love talking about themselves. And so for you to give them the stage and to shift the conversation towards who they are and not what you can do for them, that makes them so much more comfortable. Mm. But you have to go rapport as you're as you're digging. You can't just dig in like a Ben Stein voice, you know, just hey, you know, you have to make them feel comfortable. You have to do it. Um, it. And so if you're not going to build rapport, then don't don't try and dig deep. Mm. That's great. Make the financial questions for last. Yeah. I always start with motivation because if I can get them talking about the why, then the how is so much easier. Yeah, I I oftentimes say you can know every what in the world. And it is nowhere near as powerful as one why. Yeah. Uh, and you're, you're hitting on a fundamental truth. And the fundamental truth is everybody loves to talk. And I agree, agree 100%. What, I love it. what is one piece of advice that you give to a seasoned ISA? How would you, how would you coach up Robbie here? 
<laughs> you still an eye <laughs> I love it. So somebody who's been in it for a while, yeah. um, the biggest thing is just don't ever think that you have it figured out. You know, don't ever stop trying to learn. Um, even if you, you know, you're at the top of the totem pole, there's always someone to learn from. And that very well may be the person at the bottom of the totem pole. So never stop looking for those opportunities. You're never going to know it all. Um, even if your mama tells you, you do. So, um, you know, all, everybody that you meet is a learning opportunity one way or the other. I just love the, even if your mama told you so, that's my favorite thing I've heard all day. So. Yeah, mom, mamas love telling their little boys that, you know, <laughs> that's right. So, um, yeah, don't listen to your mama on this one. Uh, your mom is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, I, I, I first off, can't thank you enough, Leanne. Uh, it it yeah. is really fascinating to get your perspective through all this. You obviously are, aren't just skilled at what you're doing. Um, you're extremely skilled. Um, and uh, I have about three pages of notes. Um, so thank you for helping me um, and, and teaching me. Um, I, I, I love everything you're saying. Um, when we like to wrap these up, because we tend to be nerds as ISAs um, in our world, so it's kind of our, our joke. For a while, we always said uh, we, we'd only hire someone that likes Star Wars. Um, that's not always true, but um, I, I ended the last one asking Jim, what do you prefer, Star Wars or Game of Thrones? And uh, I don't know if I've ever seen Jim so hyped in my life. Like, I thought he was, he was jumping up, and he's like, boom, boom, boom. So I'm going to ask you the question. Uh, Star Wars or Game of Thrones and why? So, um, Robbie, cover your ears. Oh. I have never seen either. I've never seen a single episode of Star Wars, nor a movie. Um, I've never seen Game of Thrones. Um, so, so everything Leanne just said, don't hear any of it. She, we can't trust her. No, yeah. Anyways, so is there anything? What do you love that's nerdy? What, what do you love that uh, is maybe kind of nerdy in some way, shape, or form? We'll, we'll pivot. <laughs> well, um, I don't really have a ton of super nerdy tendencies when it comes to you know TV preferences, things like that. Yeah, uh, I won't. I won't willingly tell my TV preferences because people will hold it against me. Um, but um, one of my nerdy tendencies is sometimes I get really into folding laundry. No, it sounds horrible. I get really into it, like giant piles of it, um, making sure everything is done just right, you know, mastering the retail folds, um, most like Marie Kondo folds. I see everything. Um, and I geek out on like some, like some, um, organization systems, like from container store, <laughs> things like that. Um, you know, closet systems, drawer organizers. Um, I love it. Like, so that's I mean, a, as geeky as I get. I love it. So you're, you're, you're Marie Kondo. You can, you can, uh, you can teach us some of those things. <laughs> I don't like to get rid of stuff. Um, but <laughs> uh, you, so you're organized, but you're not going to get rid of. I'm not a hoarder. Um, I'm not a hoarder, but I do need all probably 80 pairs of my earrings. They all still bring me joy. So uh, I have never heard a hoarder say they are a hoarder. 
So we may have to talk later. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe I need intervention. <laughs> well, Leanne, uh, again, from my perspective, this is really great. Thank you for bringing a ton of value to the people today. Um, it's, it's really great to have you on. Uh, we'll, we'll have to have you on again at some point. Um, this is the beginning for these types of, of conversations. And, and again, we can't thank you yeah. enough for, for your time. So Absolutely. Thank uh, you, thank you very well. much, Leanne and yeah. Robbie. Uh, we appreciate both your guys' time. Um, as is tradition here at Structurally, though, we, uh, we're not done yet. And we're bring out our, uh, our prize specialist. Uh, he's making it around. Are you bringing a bucket? So what we usually do here is we have a giveaway at the end of these, uh, these fun hour-long sessions. Uh, Izzy, what do we got today? Um, okay, so today we have two people winning 50 free leads. So what that means, whoever is the winner of the free leads, you will be able to upload 50 of your old leads into our system and ASA Homes, our artificial intelligence inside sales agent will long-term nurture them for you. So really good way to bring some leads back to life. Um, and we've got two winners today. So the first winner of the 50 free leads is Laura Fleming. Nice. Way to go, Laura. Laura Fleming. Hawaii. Oh, that looks great. Um, winner two of the 50 freeze is Tiffany Keelander. Keelander. There's a J in there. That's sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> I don't know how to spell your last you name. You missed the J. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we'll follow up with you guys <laughs> after this. Yeah, right. you will get an email from us, and um, anyone who's registered will also get a copy of this webinar uh, two hours from now. Rewatch it, take some notes. Cool. Yeah, and we'll do, um, it will awesome. be sent to you automatically via video. We're also working to put together this episode as well as the last one uh, in our podcast, which you can subscribe to at the isaradio.com. Uh, or on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, really anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us at the ISA Radio. Lots of other episodes with great ISAs, just like Leanne, um, as well as Robbie T and uh, Mr. Eric Hatch as well. Um, well, with that, guys, I really appreciate your uh, your time on this Tuesday. Uh, there's a train going by, which seems like my cue to leave. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Oh, our right, next episode, right. I should mention that is with uh, it's yes, uh, Robbie. It's still pending, right? On May seventh at one p.m. I believe. I believe. Okay. I think so, we're good. I think we're uh, pretty well confirmed yeah. with Alex Vincent on May seventh at one p.m. Central. So that's May seventh at one one p.m. Central. Uh, in a couple weeks, here we'll be back to talk more ISAs. Um, with that, yeah, we'll see you guys later. Thanks again, my friend. Thanks, Bye. Leanne. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Have-